support comes from Pier 1 Theatre, celebrating 50 years of creating community theatre, supporting community voices, and sharing the performing arts. Schedules and information on Pier 1 Productions at 907-226-2287 and pier1theatre.org. Good morning. It is 9.03 a.m. and you are tuned to the coffee table here on KBBI Homer and 88.1 FM Seward. I'm Kathleen Gustafson and in the studio and on Zoom today we have the combined forces of South Peninsula Haven House. First let's start with let's see Marcy Gray the coordinator for Girls on the Run. Marcy do you read me? I do. Can you hear me, Kathleen? We all hear you loud and clear. Thanks for being here. Also, let's check your mic, Lindsay Collins, the CAC director for Good Haven House. Good morning. Good morning to you. How about, how about Britt Huffman from the board of directors? Good morning. Good morning. And of course, Ronnie Leach, executive director, South Peninsula Haven House. Good morning, everyone. Your mic sounds nice. Thanks so much for being here. It is that time of year for women of distinction. And I know we talk a lot of time, you know, over the course of the year a few times, but I always like to check in during women of distinction to hear what's going to be happening. I am, uh, I just want you to know that in 2020, I guess that was when the first cancellation happened due to COVID. Yes. I still have the dress <laughs> that I was going to wear and I'm going to wear it this Saturday night. I'm really excited now. So... What about, uh, can I, may I start with Britt Huffman from the Board of Directors? Can we talk a little bit? Let's start with the event this Saturday. Lay it's, it's, it off. Go it's ahead. It's going to be next Saturday, April oh 1st. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just to clarify, next Saturday, April 1st, April Fool's Day. We're well, that celebrate. opens my schedule up a little. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we are very excited to host the um, 2023 Women of Distinction event. Uh, next Saturday at the Lands End Resort. Um, it will start at 6 p.m. and hopefully, you know, we'll be there till about 9, 9.30. Um, it's going to be a wonderful event. Um, definitely, if you want to dress up and be fancy, you are more than welcome to do so. So it's it's really both, though. It can be Homer dressy. Absolutely. It can be come as you are, <laughs> or it can be your fanciest sparkles. I'm going the fancy sparkles. Absolutely. Whatever you feel called to wearing, please do that. Okay. <laughs> so what about, um, what about who is being honored? So can we start a little bit? Can we go through Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Britt Huffman. Yes. So we had, um, we have five honorees this year, which is very exciting for us. We have a new category that I'll get to in a moment. Um, but this year, our young woman of distinction is Jordan Barrowcliffe. And she is a high schooler um, that has kind of gone above and beyond for her hockey team. And she, she she's a high she's Homer a high school high hockey player. Yes, and she helps to um, teach young the younger uh, generation about hockey. She volunteers her time in the hockey rink. So that's really amazing. We are really impressed with what Jordan has been doing. We also have the woman of wisdom this year, and our honoree is Angie Newby. And Angie is a powerhouse. Um, 
And then we also have um, our woman of distinction, Taylor O'Donnell Backer. Oh, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also have a hero of the heart. We have a hero of a heart, and then we have a new category, shining star. And who is the hero of the heart? So hero of the heart, let, I don't, if you don't mind, I'll jump Absolutely. in. Absolutely. This is the person that the Haven House staff decides, apart from nomina- the nomination process, that this is someone that needs to be just given their flowers. Absolutely. And this year we um, chose Adrienne Wally from the Driftwood Inn. And the reason we chose her is through COVID, the light was always on. She was always a good neighbor. We could call day or night and she would help us transition you know, residents that we were trying to screen in, but we were full, you know, to, to COVID capacity, and they would stay at the Driftwood Inn until we had space. Wonderful. It was amazing. Also, there's a new category. What is it? Um, we, we decided this year, because we had so many amazing nominations, um, and just the type of year last year was, uh, that we came up with a new category, and it, we decided to go with a shining star. And this person is someone who just went above and beyond for the community during a really tough time. Um, And this is Jessica Hooling. Um, And she works for Homer Police Department. That was my next Mm -hmm. question. Can you tell me a little bit about Jessica Hooling? She is an officer? She is an officer. And she was paramount in um, a really devastating time for the community during the Murnane case and really went above and beyond, and she continues to go above and beyond. Uh, since she has been in Homer, she just shines bright and is our guiding, a guiding light. Wonderful. Well, thanks for all that, for that rundown. Mm-hmm. Let's, let me get back to the event, because I said it wrong right <laughs> off the bat. It is not this weekend. It is next weekend, <laughs> which is April 1st at the quarter deck at Land's End. And what's the ticket price? Ticket price is a little higher this year. It is. It's going to be $80 a person. Um, it's going to be an, an elegant evening, and that ticket price includes appetizers and hors d'oeuvres from Land's End. We are also going to be having a signature cocktail that is still in the works, so be on the lookout for that. Uh, we will have um, a live auction, a silent auction, and then we will have the awards ceremony. Also, my understanding, I'm going to be calling the live auction, yes. as, as far as <laughs> if I rem- recall. Uh, just so people know, because it won't be me yelling at you for an hour, <laughs> because it's only a few items on the live yeah, auction. Yeah, right? so, so far we have if about you four think, you think to yourself, I cannot sit through Kathleen yelling at me, yelling numbers at me for an hour. It's not that way. It's just going to be a few items on the outcry auction. <laughs> Although, some pretty cool things. There's a, There are round-trip tickets to exotic, beautiful Anchorage, Anchorage. Alaska. And... And a few other things, a few other, a few other surprises. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what else do we need to know? Is there anything else we need to know about that? Oh, where where does a person get their tickets to this yes. event? Um, tickets can be purchased at the Homer Bookstore. And we might have a few left over to be purchased at the door, but I would not, uh, I would not wait. Wait reserve so. reserve mm-hmm. your seat. Yes, and if you want to come as a group, uh, you can also reserve a table for eight people for you 600 buy, You can buy a table? Mm-hmm. How chic. You can buy a table. Yeah. <laughs> Get to sit with all your friends. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Well, thanks for all of that, but I want to make sure you know, listeners, the phones are open 
We're going to transition here. We'll be back to remind people one more time of what's happening on April 1st. But we're about to transition into using this time to talk about services and resources at Haven, at South Peninsula Haven House. So if you have any questions or any comments, Jimmy is standing by on the phones. And you can call in at 907-235-7721. Or you can always just email your question or comment to Kathleen at kbbi.org. Phone lines are open. So I am, I'm ready to move on to a shelter update because we could go on. We could go on for another a solid two hours about all the things that are happening there. But I would like to know, the first thing I'm going to go to, I think it's Lindsay Collins. Lindsay, do you have information from the Project Homeless Connect? Because I know Haven House is, uh, is knitted in with that project. And I'd love to hear what happened this last time. Has it been two months ago now? Yes, it was. Well, it was January 31st this okay. year. So, yep. And yes, we are uh, involved in that project and happy to be. Um, it was a great turnout this year. We did some new things after a couple years of um, kind of doing a drive-through and then sort of a partial drive-through in person. Oh, it was a proper gathering yeah, this time. Yeah, so this year we went back to fully in person. We did that over at the Spark Building. So we also changed our location and we also, although it is still under pro the statewide Project Homeless Connect, we actually did change our title for Homer for the event. Oh yeah, and what we, was the new name? Yeah, so we're calling it Community, Community Resource Connect now, and we will continue to do that. Just because we wanted to make sure that folks knew uh, they could come and receive services and, and hear about services and get referrals without actually um, experiencing houselessness. Well, and especially because I know that you, at Haven House, you don't focus solely on prevention, but prevention is a big part of what you work toward. And so including those people who aren't actually houseless, but are at risk. Correct. Okay, so can you talk a little bit about how what you found? What because you've got your your data back now. Yes, we have that. We have a report. Um, anybody can, you know, call and ask us for the report from our area. So we can, we did the in person event both in Homer and Anchor Point, and so total we had about 134 individuals who attended the events in both Homer and Anchor Point. Um, and then 121 people um, participated in the intake process, which is really one, one of the reasons we're doing it is because we do have, it's all part of the point in time count um, through HUD every year. Housing and Urban Development. Yeah. Thank you for correcting I'm my the, acronym. I am the acronym <laughs> identifier. That's my, yes. that's my role here. So, uh, so that, was the, that was great numbers uh, for our first year back, back in in-person. Um, so that, that split between 78 participants in Homer and 43 in Anchor Point, which Anchor Point more than doubled their participation. We've been having it there for the last couple years. And um, I think one thing, just me looking from my perspective and working at Haven House to note, you know, everybody on the committee has kind of their different um, 
niches and different organizations they're from. But for me, one of the big uh, changes in data, if you will, this year was how many folks um, answered yes to if they'd ever been a survivor, uh, if they were a survivor of domestic violence. Um, so that number was way up from years past when we've asked. Really? Because mm -hmm. those numbers are generally pretty high anyway. They are high, but when we ask in that context, they tend to be low. And it's all anything anything we take, we use that housing and urban development um, intake form. And we so we those are the questions we ask, and it's all self-reported. So we don't, you know, question anyone or correct anyone when they're answering the question. Um, and it does seem to be that people usually say no, but this year, um, more than 50% said yes. So um, we kind of, that was a, a surprising number to me. Not that there were that many that had been, but that there were that many who felt comfortable to say yes. But that the numbers, mm -hmm. right, that people spoke about it. Right. And so what happens to those numbers and how do they translate into action at Haven House? Well, I'll I'll go bigger and then I'll and go then I'll drill down to Haven House. <laughs> so these numbers get collected. So we have our Homer area report, and then that goes up to the to Kenai where they do a whole Kenai Peninsula report. So they're the ones um, feeding back to the state on our Kenai Peninsula numbers because this occurs in um, Soldotna, which covers Kenai Soldotna, all that area, and then also in Seward. So all those numbers get put together and put into a Kenai Peninsula report that then gets reported to the state, which then gets reported to Housing and Urban Development. And they, um, those numbers do just help more accurately, ho hopefully more accurately um, help predict funding for certain things um, in this, mostly the homelessness situation, and um, just gets more accurate data for our area. Thanks so much. That is Lindsay Collins. And I'm going to come back to you because I want to talk about the Child Advocacy Center. I want to talk about so many of the other things that you do there. But let, first, I want to check in because it looks like Megan Pollock is on the Zoom. Megan, can you check in? Let's hear your mic and maybe introduce yourself and let us know what you do at Haven House. Hi, can you hear me okay? Yeah, we've got you. Awesome. I am the HR manager at South Peninsula Haven House. Um, I've been here for eight years and I have pretty, I'm sorry, four years. I've been here. Um, Only feels like eight years. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> um, yeah, and I just have extensive knowledge on shelter and um, and I can tell you a little bit about that. I would love to, let's go ahead with you, Megan Pollock. Tell us about the shelter because I'm gonna ask Ronnie Leach to jump in in a few minutes to talk about what's going on there, renovations, things that are happening. Uh, but let's start with you, Megan. Okay, um, so we are a low barrier shelter um, for women and children. So that means that there's just a minimal number of requirements that we have to stay in shelter. And um, while we do shelter those who identify with women and children, we also assist people of all genders who are impacted by domestic violence and sexual assault. Um, 
we offer client-driven services and that means that the participants and residents are empowered to make their own choices as to what moving forward looks like to them. Um, we offer resources, referrals, and legal advocacy services, which could be anything from assistance, filling out a, a custody paperwork, um, divorce paperwork to protective orders. Um, and while we're not lawyers, definitely, um, we can offer any legal, um, we can't offer any legal advice, but we can have, um, we do have resources and offer referrals to access legal advice. Um, I think the biggest new thing in shelter right now is while we do um, allow dogs in shelter, we know that, you know, animals can be a barrier to leaving an unsafe situation. We are um, allowing cats in shelter now. So we have like a whole room set up for cats and their owners. Um, and we just want that everyone to know that, you know, animals should not be a barrier to you being safe. And um, we do our best to try and accommodate um, our furry friends because we know that they're family members and they're important. And we are currently hiring for shelter advocates. Um, you can email your resume or any questions to human resources at havenhousealaska, spelled out, .org, or you can find the job posting on Indeed. And so since I've got you, HR Director Megan Pollack, what, what are the requirements for that job? What would you be expected to do? I think our biggest requirement um, is to, you know, provide a calm, judgment-free space for um, survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault. Um, you know, just to kind of, um, you know, be there for them, to, to give them space. To, so are you, are um, you assisting with paperwork? Are you accompanying people to court? Are you, what else? Yes, yes. So you, we, we um, have a 40 hour training before you even start on your own shifts. So you're kind of not thrown to the wolves, so to speak. Oh, good. You're um, answering my questions before I ask them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do have like extensive trainings beforehand. Um, we do require a background check to happen, which, you know, can kind of make the hiring process a little lengthy. Um, do you require any degrees beforehand? No. No degrees, um, high school diploma, um, but no degrees. Um, if you have any experience with childcare or um, direct client services, that's always a bonus. Um, but no, um, you know, as long as you're, you know, non judgmental, you're calm in the face of crisis is really important. Um, those are pretty much the two the two biggest things that we're looking for. And if we're talking about employment, I have to ask, are there benefits? Are there, what is the starting salary? Um, the starting rate for advocates is 17 an hour. And we um, also offer this, we have, have this requirement of a 30 hour <clears throat> online course that every advocate has to take. And after that, it moves up to 50 cents, um, a 50 cents pay bump. So then it's 17.50. And after the 90 day introductory period and a positive review, it moves up to 18 an hour. 
Um, the benefits are at 20 hours. If you're regularly scheduled at 20 hours a week, um, it's PTO. Paid time off. PTO. And um, if you're scheduled over 30 hours a week, then we offer vision and dental. Oh, wow. Well, and, all right. Yeah, I appreciate it. Oh, go ahead. For um, the, the 403B um, retirement program. And after a year and a thousand hours of service, we do offer a cash match. Gotcha. Well, thank you. I appreciate you being upfront about salary and benefits because it's always a sticking point when people are looking for a job to not know what they're walking into. Uh, I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah, definitely. It. Yeah, you want to make sure that everyone's... I'm sorry, I have a That's okay. You, <laughs> you kiss that baby, and I'm going to bring... Uh, I'm going to bring... Executive Director Ronnie Leach in. You feel free to jump in at any time, but I'm going to shift my focus to Ronnie. Ronnie, what else can we talk about in terms of what's going on at the shelter? I know I read on the website that there's renovations happening, but what would you like to tell us? Well, I'd like to jump on with Megan and share some data from last year. Great. For the shelter, we had 1,281 shelter bed nights. Um, advocates assisted with 808 crisis calls. Um, we, they've done 35 protective orders and 14 people received SART services, which is Lindsay's Lane, but Sexual I thought Sexual Assault Response, response team. <laughs> team. Well, I'm coming for you for that because I, I definitely want to hear more about it. But I wanted to add that as well. Um, this week, and it's super exciting, Rotary community service project folks have purchased new furniture for our living room. Oh, That's wonderful. huge That's for us. The cats will enjoy that. They will. <laughs> with their, you know. The cats and the residents. The right. cats and the residents. <laughs> and the dogs. And I'm the just dogs. imagining a huge cat tree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's pretty exciting. And we have done some updates on the shelter, necessary ones, you know, housing things. And we are always doing things on the shelter just to keep everything upgraded and safe for our residents. Thanks. That is Ronnie Leach, who is the executive director for South Peninsula Haven House. Gosh, I think you've been at South Peninsula Haven House the entire 22 years I've been. Almost, Kathleen. Almost? Okay. Because <laughs> so as soon as I started doing news <laughs> here about 20 years ago, I'm pretty sure you were one of the first people I ever interviewed. And I had done a practicum in 2004, and I was hired in 2005, which was actually doc the, what we have documented as the first women of distinction. So I helped oh, on nice. that, oh, nice. getting sponsors and donations. So I love this time of year. So yeah, I've been there since 2005. Well, thanks so much. And I also want to know, I do want to bring in, next I want to talk about uh, resources and services, and then we're going to move on to prevention programs. But if you have any questions or any comments, you can give Jimmy a call at 907-235-7721. And you can either come on air and talk, or you can just leave your question with Jimmy, and he'll send it into the studio. Or you can just email your question or comment to Kathleen at kbbi.org. Now, I do want to talk about the Child Advocacy Center. This project 
it's been developed over what 15 10 15 years so Haven House has had the grant for the Children's Advocacy Centers on the Kenai Peninsula since 2008. And explain to people what that is, what it means. So the Children's Advocacy Centers is uh, based on a national model uh, that's used um, throughout the United States and beyond now um, of assisting with investigations primarily of child sexual abuse. But there is a trend in the past few years um, that we are seeing cases of severe um, child abuse maltreatment um, sometimes witness to violence especially if it's like witness to homicide or something like that so we do get cases referred from law enforcement and um, office of children's services that's how we get cases people don't just walk in with their child i mean they can but <laughs> we will get an investigative body involved um, and then we uh, provide a child-friendly um, hopefully, you know, trauma-free space to um, forensically interview a child and that, that interview becomes um, evidence in the case and then also a place uh, where they can be examined by a forensic nurse, which also if there's, that becomes evidence if there is any. And is that you? I'm not a forensic nurse. I am um, the director of the CACs. Gotcha. I wonder the if there was advocacy centers. There are nurses that we partner with um, from South, from the hospital who have been here before with me speaking on. I on believe the I have conducted those interviews. Yes. yes. So, uh, yep, we've got nurses up at the hospital that specifically are trained for those for those forensic exams, not so just any. Be ready. Nurse. Uh, I have a caller on the line, and I want to bring her into the conversation. But, you know, there is something I'm going to want to ask you about, which is what happens during a SART examination. Because I want women, or I want anyone who's listening, if they ever need to access that kind of help, to not have to go in not knowing what's going to happen. I feel Absolutely. like it's hugely important. But yeah. first, Jane is on the line. Jane, do you read me? If you'd like to make a oh, call. Oh, Jane is not on the line. Jane, call back, and we'll get you back. And let's see. Sorry to say I lost you. So if you want to call back to 235-7721, we'll put you on the line. Also, you can email questions and comments to Kathleen at kpbi.org. Okay, so are you ready to talk about that? I can, yes. Let's demystify it a little bit. Okay. I'm not going to give specifics about the actual exam because I am not the medical provider. You're but, not, you're not conducting the exam. I'm not conducting right. the exam, but frequently, um, depending on what my role is in any given case, whether it's uh, for children or adults, okay. I might be there in the room um, during the exam with the forensic nurse and with the victim or the survivor, um, whether, like I said, it's a child or an adult. So with children, I'll start with children, uh, what we want to do, we offer every child that comes through the Children's Advocacy Center an exam, um, and that is because often part of, part of the whole process uh, for children is letting them know that they're okay. And so sometimes, you know, when we do surveys afterwards and ask um, what your favorite part of your visit to the Children's Advocacy Center was, they will actually say the exam. And it's about relief that they were told that they're okay and that everything, you know, looks okay. 
Uh, that does, but that doesn't um, make it so that we don't think anything happened to them. It's just they know that their physical body is okay and they, you know, that kind of thing. Um, for adults, um, we, they're definitely walked through, and children, they're walked through everything that happens. So it's not just something that they're thrown in the exam room and things are done to them that they don't know about. All the nurses um, are trained to do their job very well here in Homer and they walk through whether it's a three-year-old or a 30-year-old or a 60-year-old. They are telling them every step of the way exactly what they're gonna do um, and why they're doing it and asking or answering qu any questions. And so it's just very client-centered in that way. Nothing, especially from 18 and up, is done without their consent. And um, yeah, it's just a, a very, it's like a calm <laughs> process. I think a lot of people think that it's gonna be a big traumatic process, but it does not have to be. And that mostly is in part of the way that the nurses here get trained um, and that they know how to not only conduct uh, great exams, but actually work with people. Thanks so much. That's Lindsay Collins, who is the Child Advocacy Center, is that director? Mm -hmm. And you also work with SART, which she's been talking about right now. Now, I want to make sure, is there anybody that would like to add to that conversation? Otherwise, I'm going to move on to another box on my list, which is I want to talk about batterer's intervention. I also got a text asking, before we go into it, um, I got a text asking, you said that you serve people of all genders. So where does someone go if they can't go to shelter? We have, well, we work with um, the Driftwood Inn, and right. if that's a better fit for them, then we'll put them in a hotel. Gotcha. And then the next thing I wanted to find out is, so you have uh, batterer's intervention training and program. Does a person have to be sentenced to that, or can they join? Um, it has to be either referred by OCS, part of their uh, plan, their case the plan. Office of Children's Services. Uh, thank you. Office, uh, thank you, Lindsay Collins. <laughs> <laughs> office of Children's Services and court-ordered. And last year, we had 38 batters intervention classes attended, and currently we have six folks in the program. Okay, so I want to make sure, before we start talking about prevention programs, like uh, Get Ready Marcy, Girls on the Run, the Quilt <laughs> Raffle Kids programs, Green Dot. I want to make sure that I haven't uh, missed anything in terms of your basic shelter update. What, is there something on your list that we're not talking about? Go ahead, Ronnie Leach. Um, we also, it's kind of piggybacking on what Lindsay was talking about, the Project Homeless Connect, is we... Haven House has the um, basic homeless assistance program, and we help folks that are literally homeless, near, near homelessness, so they, you know, to avoid being homeless, and housing placement. And last year, we helped 391 individuals. They were assisted through our emergency financial support, and that is so they don't become homeless or they're moving into a place. Oh, also, so moving uh, costs. Uh, Jimmy's on the phones, and he has just chimed in. 
because he'd like to hear more about, or a caller does, about the teddy bear project. And I know we collected so many bears here at the station. Uh, we're ready at any moment to accept stuffed animals for Haven House, but... And we appreciate that. Can you tell us? Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the teddy bear project? Yes, and I thanks, can, Jimmy. I can tell you a little bit about that. That is something that's a um, you know many generous community members contribute to all throughout the year. And those teddy bears get used to well, they get used for anyone who receives our services, but primarily they do get used at our children's advocacy centers. We actually have a physical center in Kenai as well. So we have employees um, of Haven House in Kenai that are running the children's advocacy center there who see kids you know, from Seward down through Kasilov. And so those teddy bears get, um, get dispersed. <laughs> through do they our, get their own little blanket? Yes, they get yes, the quilters, the Kachemak quilters. quilters. And then the knitters group, I don't, they meet at the library. I don't know if they're called, if that's the Homer Knitters group anyway. And they, yes, they so generously um, donate uh, their time and materials and make every single stuffed animal, no matter how big or how small, it's their own quilt. And then any child uh, who comes through or resident in the shelter, like I said, we don't, we don't discriminate on age for taking teddy bears, can always pick a teddy bear, a comfort item that sometimes they end up bring, you know, holding it and bringing it in with them to either their interview or their exam. Sometimes we have adults that hold them, you know, during while they're being interviewed by law enforcement. Um, and that's just fine. So yes, we really appreciate the entire community for donating all the teddy bears and stuffed animals that they do. So a person could go to Homer Thrift and drop them off there if you wanted. And also, doesn't have to be a bear. Right. We've had gorillas, T-Rexes. Yep. We've had all kinds of things. Oh, yeah, giraffes. Yep. So <laughs> it has to be new or newish. Yes, <laughs> we like it to be... We like it to be... Um, if the toy is obviously already loved, right. then just leave it. Right, and it's wonderful that it has been loved. But <laughs> Right. <laughs> but yes, we do like them to be new or gently used. Yeah. Yep. And so, like, people who, uh, I think the last time we had our box up and running for uh, catch -a quilters, someone from Anchorage heard this and oh, wow. gave, I didn't like, even know 50 that. Beanie Baby Bears that they had collected. Oh, yes. Or that yes. their mother or grandmother and had collected. And the Beanie Babies are a big hit, because they they'll are. all get their own, they get their own little blanket still. And they but, fit in a backpack. Yep, or, and they come in, you know, all all animals <laughs> so yes those are always a big hit so if you want to be a part of that program you can always donate to homer thrift they're always ready to take your stuffies yep and also kbbi's box is still there right at the door if uh, if you're not Great. gonna if for some reason it's too far to go yeah or you just don't feel like going that far you can always drop them off at kbbi now what about I would like to move on to prevention programs, if you guys are ready for that. Let's do it. Hey, Marcy, Marcy uh, Gray. Yep. So Marcy, can you yep. tell us a little bit about Girls on the Run and introduce us to Green Dot? You bet, I sure can, Kathleen, thanks. Um, I am the um, coordinator for the Girls on the Run program in Homer here. Um, this is our fourth season and we are off to the races, so to speak. 
We have, um, I'm really excited about the team of participants and I have an incredible coaching group as well. Volunteers that are, have stepped up and are working with these girls in our community, which is so awesome. Um, we are in our third week. It looks like we might get snowed out today, <laughs> but uh, we'll see. Um, yeah. You can run in your enthusiastic. Yeah, exactly. Well, if you can get to the gym, we can maybe do this. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll have that remains to be seen today. But um, yeah, and we're they are working really hard and doing super well, and that's an exciting, really fun thing to be involved with, of course. Um, it's a it's a physical activity based positive youth program development program that inspires third to fifth grade girls to get out and have fun with other kids, be physically active, learn something about themselves and life skills. And we throw a little running in as well. Okay. So, I have to ask, I'm sorry to put you on the spot now. Actually, I'm delighted to put you on the spot. <laughs> what is it that you think that kids learn? You're saying they learn life skills. What are the life skills? What is it that getting together for this running group can do for the community and for the individuals who are running? Well, I like to think that um, not only are we touching the hearts and lives of the participants, but the coaches as well are always amazed at the lessons and things we learn. And so we learn things about confidence and how to stand in our own selves and bodies, how to um, stand up for ourselves and other people, how to um, enjoy and learn how to um, spin positively things in life. Um, they learn about their star power that we all have. And so those are the kinds of things that give them some grounding and support. Um, and like, as I say, I, there are lessons that I use every day of my life at 63 years old. So the lessons are awesome, no matter how old you are. Marcy, thanks so much for that. And feel free to jump in as we move along. Go I ahead, Lindsay I was going to say, Collins. Kathleen, I can um, jump in on that. It's been a couple years, but I was a coach at one point. And I can say one thing um, you can see from the girls through the season. They learn how to be a friend um, and accept each other. And then you see that grow out into other people in their school and in their community. Uh, because often the participants in Girls on the Run, it's not necessarily like a clique of girls that would hang out all the time. So they're they're mixing with with new um, students that they maybe they haven't met before. And at the beginning, you know, you can kind of see some clashes. It's that age group. <laughs> and then by the end, you see how they've kind of learned, like, oh, it's okay that she's not the same as me, you know, and we all have our our unique personality to bring to the table. Also, I know that running does a great job of getting anyone to uh, make a practice of setting attainable goals, meeting them, and setting the next goal, yes. and meeting it, and setting, and running yep. is great for that. Absolutely. Because you don't run a marathon the first time nope. that you get out there. Nope. <laughs> you may not even run a 5K, <laughs> but you can get there if you set attainable goals, meet them, and set the next mm -hmm. one. And Marcy does it, and it's the Girls on the Run is set up in a way to make that fun rather than laborious. Like, you, you can skip the 5K if you want, <laughs> or you can right. hop, or you can jump. <laughs> So uh, thanks so much for adding that. I definitely want to include, did uh, Girls on the Run begin as part of Green Dot? 
No. Mm. How did? Oh, maybe they just developed about the same time. Or I know what it is that my green dot trainer was a girls on the run coach. Yes. And so I conflated them. Um, but I know that you have regular green dot, and let, just so people know, that's that is violence intervention training. It's bystander intervention bystander training. Bystander intervention training. And Thank you. it's um, Jesse Felice does it. At, with it's actually in the high school curriculum is bystander training that's like in their goals. And so it's, and Marcy can speak to that because she does a lot of support for Jesse. Oh, Marcy, you want to talk a little bit about Green Dot training? Sure, I spoke with Jesse a little bit so that I could make sure to um, let people know what's going on. And yeah, as Ronnie says, um, we are so fortunate that um, Jesse Felice is in the school system. Not only does she bring it to the high school, she also brings it to the middle school and um, the junior high, of course. So junior high and then those early, um, those later elementary classes. So we are, we're just so fortunate as a community to have it in the school system. That's very unusual and um, an amazing thing for the continuity throughout um, our community, of course. Um, it's, um, a part of the culture at the Homer high school, as Ronnie said, and she says every Wednesday they wear green in order to honor green dot. And wouldn't it be awesome if the whole community did that? Um, on Wednesdays, they do some type of short lessening classes tomorrow. Today is about taking pictures of people without consent. Oh, um, good one. Jesse notes that technology this age is crazy and it takes all of us to teach our youth how to navigate it and use it responsibly. April is also Green Dot Month, so look for some activities coming up in our community. Oh, wonderful. Um, Jesse, sum yeah, Jesse sums it up by saying we can't do everything, but we can all do something. And uh, what's your Green Dot, Homer? Well, I feel like that is the central message or mission of Green Dot is you, is you figure out what it is. That you, I got taught strategies for intervening if I witnessed uh, risky situations or violent situations. And you don't, it doesn't mean you have to step in and take a punch for somebody. It's, there are many things that a person can do. The one thing you should not do is nothing, is look the other way. And so what Green Dot does is give you strategies and options for doing something other than looking the other way when you see something like that. Now, I want to, I want to make sure Anybody want to jump in on Green Dot? Because I do want to keep moving. We're, we're, we're rounding out this hour. <laughs> we are. I love Green Dot, and I, you know, I support. I, I agree with Marcy that everybody, you don't have to like get in and like get into the middle of something. No, there are lots but of things you, you there's can do. There's lots of things you can do, and it's something that I hope gets an uptick again, and that we're able to train community members. Well, go ahead, Britt Huffman. Yes, yeah, I know um, during our Women of Distinction preparation last year, we had um, one of the local community, me community members reached out to us on behalf of their college-age son, and he told his mother how he was in college and used the training from Green Dot that he learned in school to help intervene in a really um, traumatic experience that he witnessed. And so he wanted to give props to learning that here in Homer. He has been taking that into his new life out of, out of Alaska, which was really, really great to hear. Excellent. Well, before we get on to how to volunteer, 
current shelter needs, those sorts of things, and review about women of distinction coming up. I, I have questions about the quilt raffle. There is, <laughs> there is a quilt raffle because, you know, that's what everyone wants to know. So have, is the quilt on display yet, or is it yes. still super secret Oh, quilt? yes. The quilt is on display at the Homebrew Bookstore, actually. And we are um, going to be selling the tickets for the quilt raffle at the event. Um, we had to kind of shift how we were selling the raffle tickets. So you can definitely um, take a look at the quilt at Homer Bookstore and then purchase them for $20 at the event. And you do not need to be present to win. Um, but if you're at the event, then hopefully you will be present and stay, stay a while. Uh, but it's a gorgeous, uh, gorgeous quilt that was donated to us by one of our board members. Um, Christine Dryas, and it's just stunning, and it really goes with the theme of Haven House. And is was it collectively made by the Kachemak quilters? No, this is actually this um, a quilt that she um, acquired from out of state. She's a quilter herself, so she it was just one of these beautiful quilts that she wanted to donate. Wonderful, um, and you can check it out at the Homer Bookstore. Yes. Mm -hmm. Nice. Well, it is time for me to ask about current shelter needs. Ronnie Leach, can I start with you or, as an executive director, feel free to direct that question to anyone <laughs> present. Um, Megan would have the pulse on the current shelter needs. Okay, so Megan Pollock, can you come across with current shelter needs? What is it that, like, how to volunteer? What is What are some of the some of the material needs that people could help out with as well? Um, yeah, we're always in need of um, any hygiene products. So like brushes, toothbrushes, toothpaste, um, pads, tampons. Um, we always need totes. So if there's anybody who has like a bunch of totes, it's like easily carryable, like um, bags for people to carry their belongings in. Um, I'm trying to think of what else right now that we need. Um, shampoo, conditioner, always shampoo for sure. Soap, um, deodorant, you know, that kind of thing. The list goes on with that. Anything that might be in your travel, in your travel case. <laughs> so Excuse what do you what about volunteer opportunities, like physical volunteer opportunities? And, um, and you talked a little bit about employment needs. So let's start with the volunteer needs. What's, what's out there for someone who wants to volunteer? I personally know volunteering is always um, welcome at Homer Thrift. They're always in need of vol for volunteers. Um, maybe Ronnie, you can speak on the volunteer application process better than I can. Um, Liz at Homer Thrift has volunteer applications. They can fill out at Homer Thrift. And I also would like to add, if you don't mind me jumping, Go ahead. Homer Thrift is a huge part of what Haven House does. Yes, let's get into that. Um, we have at Homer Thrift the empowerment program. So victims of crime that have you know, navigated through Haven House, if they don't have employment or they need employment or they want to work at, at retail, they can apply to Homer Thrift and Liz teaches them job skills. They get paid and they learn how to, you know, work with customers and learn about diversity and not every, you know, not every customer's the same. And they learn about stocking and ordering, you know, all of those necessary skills that you need when you're working retail. 
and it's wonderful. Also, a person who is receiving services through the shelter and relocating can can go to, to can get like furniture and that sort of thing. I think right. We help folks in, and well, last year we did. It's mostly clothing vouchers because furniture that comes in really goes fast. Right. But Liz will put I, away, you know, aside like kitchenware or dishes. So, so that if somebody would, has yeah. to set up a new household yes. quickly, that they there's something there to help. And so my uh, my favorite thing for years, I didn't see it this year, but my favorite thing at the at Homer Thrift was every Christmas getting knitted booties and scarves from Wildwood Correctional to uh, you would sell them and then that money would go back to buying more supplies for the knitters group. So I hope that gets going again sometime. I hope it does too, because that was really a good project for the gals at Wildwood, and it was really nice to be able to support that. Right, it, and I just yeah. love passing out booties yep. for the holidays. <laughs> uh, so what about employment? I know, um, I know you spoke about it before, Megan, but before we get to reminding everybody and having last comments, uh, can you be more specific about your needs for employment and how a person could apply? Yeah, so right now we're hiring for advocates, shelter advocates, um, and there is a job posting on indeed.com, so um, people can look that up, or you can send your resume to human resources at havenhousealaska.org. Um, or any questions that you have about um, about the position. It is a part-time job, so um, anywhere from two to three shifts a week. We are currently hiring for our swing shift, which is 3 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. And oh, that was my shift. question. Is there a requirement that you take on overnight shifts? There is not a requirement, but we do hire um, but you need them, specifically right? to cover overnights, yeah. Um, yeah, so the overnight is from a, uh, it's from 10 p.m. to 8 a.m. And it comes with two hours of overtime every night, um, which is a nice little bump. Um, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, that baby will be heard. Um, <laughs> she, yeah, she's teething right now. <laughs> so I want to, I have a question emailed to Kathleen at kbbi.org that I'm hoping one of you guys can help out with other than the Community Connect, the Homeless Community Connect event. Is there one place or organization that a person who is not experiencing domestic violence but is faced with homelessness can go for referral services? I mean, I think the food bank has those referral services. Yes, we do. And we, um, Doug Dodd and I, created this wraparound service program. And so... To access our basic homeless assistance program, the requirement from the Alaska Housing Finance Corporation, who we get the grant from, is that they have, ex have to have exhausted all their community resources, which would be the Salvation Army, churches, food pantries. So for us to know that, they go to the, you know, participants go to the food pantry, and the food pantry can help them with something and then refer them to Haven House. This way, when they leave the programs, they've come out better that, you know, we're setting them up for success by doing the wraparound service model. Wonderful. Thank you. So, so a we'll major point of entry for that would be the food pantry. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Thanks for the question. 
And so, Britt, I'm coming back to you for one final reminder of mm -hmm. the party, the gala yes. event, not this Saturday, but next Saturday yes. at Land's End at the Quarter Deck. Go ahead. Yes, thank you. So we decided to have a theme this year, and it's uh, Shelter from the Storm. That's, what we, that's how we do Haven House. So, yeah, we would love to see you all um, at the event next Saturday, April 1st, um, starting at 6 p.m., and we're hoping to have a really great time, um, great community-based event, lots of great food, auctions, and the award ceremony. So when, if a person were to go look at the quilt at Homer Bookstore, can they also purchase a ticket for the event there, or yes. do you need to do that online? Yes, okay. they can. Yeah, all, all, um, all event tickets are purchasable at um, Homer Bookstore, and that is for the $80 per person, and then again, if you'd like to reserve a table for you and your friends or your business, um, eight-seated table for 600 Wonderful. So it is time for final comments. And I want to start with Lindsay Collins. Lindsay, is there anything you feel like you want to add or, or bring up? I think this has been a pretty... Uh, Good overview. Pretty comprehensive. <laughs> I'm Haven glad to House hear that. And the, and the programs, yes. I always think of things that I'm asked if I'm in the community discussing any of our programs. And I feel like mo a lot, many of the main questions that I get asked uh, were answered. But obviously, people can always call us um, and uh, ask any questions <laughs> about our programs. And we will definitely answer those to the best of our ability. Well, I'm going to come around to everybody for a brief comment if they're interested in making one, but let's talk about the 24-hour line for a person who needs to access services immediately. Uh, Ronnie, or anyone, actually. I'm Megan. Go ahead, Megan. Hi, yeah, we do have a 24-hour um, crisis line, so um, an advocate is always in shelter 24 hours a day, um, available for anything. I know a lot of people um won't call the crisis sign because maybe they don't think what they're going through is a crisis but trust me like we answer any questions from um what time does the food pantry open to like i need to come there right now can i come and so um always feel free to call the crisis line um and if we can direct you to an appropriate place we will or if we can directly help you we will do that too and you can uh you can access that online I think you just gave the number. And also, there are flyers around town where you can also see it. If you see a flyer, I'm not, I hope I'm not stepping out of bounds here. If you see a flyer and you think you need it or you know someone who does, take that flyer and share it because they will make more and they will put more up. So don't ever feel like you just you have to walk past that thing and remember the information. Those flyers are there for you to take, so take one if you need it or you know someone who does. And if any businesses run out and want more flyers, give us a call. So uh, Marcy Gray, would you, is there anything you'd like to add? Um, I just wanna thank the volunteer coaching support that I have that allows me to be able to do this awesome Girls on the Run program. And um, yeah, I appreciate the community support. And I think this was a great um, getting out everything that we do.
What a great show. Well, thanks thanks so much, Marcy Gray and Ronnie Leach. I was thinking I might give you the last word if you, uh, if you were so inclined, but once again, feel free to direct someone else to take that. Um, I want to thank you for having us. And I like that you, um, were able to make room for all of us to come and talk because Haven House is so big and it keeps growing that there's so many parts and pieces that we need to share with the community. Right. And it does not run without all intense of the, collaboration. Yes, absolutely. All right. Well, thanks to everyone. Last call. Does anybody have anything they want to add? Because I want to thank everyone for tuning in. Thank you, listeners. You've been listening to The Coffee Table. I'm Kathleen Gustafson, and you've heard from Ronnie Leach, Executive Director from South Peninsula Haven House, Britt Huffman from the board, Marcy Gray from Girls on the Run, Lindsay Collins, the CAC Director plus many other things, sounds like, and Megan Pollock from HR. Thank you all so much for being on the coffee table. And I will be back in just a moment. I'm going to give that, well, someone else could give that number off the top of their head. What's that crisis line one more time? 235-8943, and we will all see you April 1st. All right, thanks so much for tuning in.